0: KRCL, Salt Lake City.
1: This is Radioactive, a show for grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, and DIY creatives. I'm Rashawn Leak, and on the show tonight, I have my peoples from Black Bold and Brilliant. We're back with Wild and Scenic. It's a film festival going on on June 10th in person at Tracy Aviary and if you're not feeling comfortable yet with being in person we do have an alternate online version we'll get together with the team for a preview and a frank conversation about black indigenous people of color and lgbtq plus communities engaging with outdoor sports public lands and environmental activism plus pride it's pride y'all pride starts in what what time is it six we got six hours between before it's pride month And with pride, we have Reverend Dr. Curtis Price, pastor of First Baptist Church of Salt Lake and Reverend Laura Young from South Valley Unitarian Universalist Society on an interfaith pride worship service and glitter blessing. And if you haven't heard of glitter blessing before, don't worry, you're not alone, but you will after this. But first, joining me for rallies and resources is Laura Jones.
2: Hey, Rashawn, did you like the rain over the weekend?
1: Uh, You know what? I didn't, Laura. <laughs> I, I, okay, I'm, I'm gonna be. Uh, I know we needed it, Uh-huh. but I feel like anytime you have a four-day holiday weekend and it rains for what three of them? Yeah, you just get robbed. You get robbed of like there's a lot of a lot of things I could have been doing in the backyard too. Not even like I don't. I wasn't even trying to gallivant around the city, although I was because yeah. I did partner with Project Rainbow. Joe and I. Oh, did you? Go and out? so we were going out Still planting. Flags. Yeah, we were doing flags. so How That many was fun. Did you do. We did 28, and they didn't lie. They didn't lie. It took about three hours. Yeah. So
2: if you hadn't heard, Project Rainbow, great nonprofit in our community, they stake flags like Boy Scouts do for the Fourth of July and That's Pioneer right. Day. Uh, Project Rainbow does pride flags and trans flags for different days of um, you know acknowledgement mm-hmm. and commemoration throughout the year, and so. Yeah, what did what did Lucas tell us on the show last week? Like fifty six hundred.
1: was they, they, across
2: I, the state. They
1: have a dial though, yeah. so you pull up. They have like a it's it's a bar, and I'm finger quoting y'all because you can't see me because <laughs> it's no actual alcohol, but they have yeah. like pseudo spirits, and they were mixing mixing uh, non alcoholic drinks. They had you get in the line, pick Keep up the flags. Oh, flags yeah. It was it it was uh, it was uh impressive.
2: So, when you go out to people's houses. You drive a piece of rebar in the ground. Mm-hmm. Then the the flag is a yep. piece of PVC. And then the flag.
1: Yep. So easy saw... an eight-year-old can do it. And I know because yeah. I watched my eight-year-old do it.
2: <laughs> did you see a bunch of neighborhoods with a bunch of flags? Because I saw someone that did 22 on their little block. Something crazy like that. Uh,
1: no. No, it was, yeah. no, we're not we're, we're not, we're not scattered? there yet, no, we're getting yeah. there, we're get, it was not yeah. that, it was not that exciting.
2: Well, so, as uh, y'all know, June is, you got my North Carolina side coming out with I, your I, you're New you I'm y'all. just trying to make sure, <laughs> trying to, you know what,
1: I just want to be respectful of everybody's pronouns, the best way to do it, <laughs> y'all. <laughs>
2: y'all. Well, Pride Month coming up, so, of course, the Pride Festival, June 4th and 5th um we've got some special guests in a bit what's on your radar for some rallies and resources you want to talk about uh, before well, i get to my little governor clip
1: i'm gonna be out there with my people's yeah. opening it up so i'll be at gender fuq pride kickoff party at urban lounge so if oh, you're yeah. looking the you want to put a face to the name you can come out and meet <laughs> me there oh I'll, yeah, I'll be signing yeah. autographs Laura. <laughs> well and
2: last week uh sophia who throws yes, this big right. mash came down and shared some music we shared new music from Bly wallentine okay. and somebody anybody i think too so uh, and this is the first year as i recall that it's all trans non-binary performers
1: oh that's gonna be awesome so
2: that's happening um t- earlier today Speaking of the rain, I went down to Pioneer Park because it was a press conference with the folks that put on the downtown Salt Lake City Farmer's Market. So I've got a piece of tape I want to share with you. If you want to get ready to click that, I'll set this up for us. But uh, Governor Cox was there to acknowledge that this is the 31st year of the downtown Salt Lake City Farmer's Market. But I wanted to ask him a bit about, about water and farmers. So here we go. Hit play. All right.
3: We do we do some grains as well, mm-hmm. and uh, and this is what he farms. We've uh, we we now my, my sister has brought some local produce to the farm. Uh, we're 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 doing chickens and, and uh, some goats and other things as well. And you're down uh, in in San Pete County. That's it. Yeah, San Pete County. County.
2: I think we interviewed a dry melon, dry farming technique melon grower down there a couple okay. of years ago. But Interesting. Anyway, I what I really want to know is your advice for the urban farmer, sure. especially with the water that we got. Yeah. Is that hopeful? What are you hearing from your folks in the administration about our water reservoirs.
3: Yeah, so so the the this this last storm was a great storm, very helpful. Um, so we're we're checking the numbers today, and we'll be we'll be looking closely at at uh, what that looks like. We we know that we're headed to uh, to to dry season. We didn't get enough snow to really replenish mm-hmm. the reservoirs from last year, and so it, it's going to depend on the on the rain. We've had a we've had a wonderful May. If we can have a June and July like that, you know, if we can bridge over into the monsoon season, mm-hmm. we'll we'll be doing just fine. Uh, the 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 good news is that, uh, that that we do have water and we do have water storage. We can handle another year like last year, but that's that's it. We can't do we can't do three years in a row like that. So we're we're very hopeful.
2: One question yeah. about the push-pull between farmers, which are visible water consumers, so, sure. and homeowners, which are also visible water consumers, and fingers going back and forth about who yeah. using who uses the most and. What's the real solution that we should be focusing sure. on? Well, the,
3: the real solution is that everybody needs to do better, and, and farmers know that. Um, nobody conserved more last year than farmers. I, I, I mean, billions of gallons of water that uh, that were conserved by farmers. Most farmers <laughs> cut their craps in their. Cut their crops in half, and uh, so, so significant reductions in in water use by our, by our farmers last year, and they'll continue to do that this year. But but it, it, again, it's not a zero sum game. It's it's not them or us. It's uh, it's it's really about all of us doing better. Um, we're very excited about the conservation measures that were passed by the legislature this year. We had a 12 or 13 bills that we worked on with the legislature to get passed that will help both municipalities, um, citizens, government. And, and, and farmers significantly. We have about $75 million in water optimization funds that, uh, that the, the first round of funding has closed. There will be a second round coming up. And uh, this is optimization so that ag producers can, can enhance the technology that they use, which will significantly reduce the amount of water they're using and increase yields. So both of those things are, are possible.
2: There's been a lot of talk in some cities pushing to legalize artificial turf. You yank out a lot of green, though, and you raise the temperature. So that's going to be... An interesting compromise moving uh, forward for
3: residents. Yeah, but, but again, you don't have to. Good water-wise landscaping doesn't raise the temperature that much, and there are ways to do it uh, that that don't. There, there are experts out there. We have resources available at the state to, uh, to to make that happen. We we have overgrassed our state. There's no question about it for We're us making state, it bloom like
4: a rose. We, we That's are, our founding, right? We are right? indeed,
3: and, and, and we were able to do that because we had excess water in this state, because of planning that went in, but we no longer have excess water in this we state. So
2: excess people, for sure, we, right? We do, that's more and more right. coming here because Absolutely. of the quality of life.
3: Yeah, and so, and, and not just quality of life, but internal growth, right? Um, and, and in fact, we lead the nation in people moving back to the state where they were born and raised. In by far, there's not even a close second. People want, who grew up here want to come back here, and so, so we we just we just have to do more and get better at it. The the good news is, is again that we have room to improve significantly because we really haven't focused on it over the the past. 165 years Uh, they focused on it a lot early but not (laughs) a lot late and uh, and so we can we can make big improvements uh, just uh, just by doing little things
2: and the promise is my last question what is that first taste you're looking forward to at the farmers market or off the farm this year?
3: Oh, so well, we have a couple things. My wife's a tomato person, so she is always, always, always looking forward to the uh, to the first taste of uh, uh, of tomatoes. <laughs> tomatoes. I'm a corn guy, so um, I'm you know a little later in the season usually, but that's uh, that's what I enjoy most about farmers markets.
2: Thank you so much. You're Appreciate welcome, it, Governor. Great to see the it. The you. Correct the correct answer is peaches. Oh, yeah, I should have said peaches. It's the first yeah, peaches. peach. Yeah, the correct answer is peaches. Always. <laughs> always from Jesus. the farmer's market. That was uh, Utah Governor Spencer Cox on the situation with our water and outlook for, for farmers. And uh, do check tonight's show notes because the farmer's market, Pioneer Park starts Saturday. That's
1: crazy. Hun- that's crazy. 31 years? 31
2: years. And they were able to keep it going during COVID. Had to scale it way back. They have everything back starting on Saturday. Wow. The whole park and all the arts and crafts vendors as well so that's coming up so to wrap up rallies and resources though we do have some special guests because coming up on thursday night is that interfaith pride worship and glitter blessing that's right that you mentioned you want to introduce our our guests yes
1: so i have the pleasure of introducing reverend dr curtis price and reverend laura young so welcome to the show you two hey everyone how's it going how are you
4: good enjoying the rain
1: all right, so I. <laughs> oh, like fair, yeah, family. fair, fair. All right, so I have to ask what is a glitter blessing?
4: Well, we didn't want people to leave uh, empty handed after our worship service. <laughs> so we're trying something new this year. A glitter blessing is an opportunity for welcoming, welcoming and affirming clergy to just bless and honor all of our queer. Friends and family, and our allies in the community, and just say, "You belong, and you have always belonged."
1: Amen. I I, I love that, and I mean, somebody who has uh, a nice beard and dreadlocks, uh, glitter does stay with you for uh, quite some time. So they will definitely
3: remember. As, as does the blessing? <laughs> there it
5: is.
2: Okay, so where you get in the glitter? Because I hear there's an interesting story behind where you get the. Glitter, Pastor Curtis. Well,
5: uh, the uh, everyone knows the sex shop is the best place <laughs> to <the> get glitter, which, <laughs> which I think is a, an interesting coming together of worlds. But I guess we, I guess we didn't do that.
4: No, we actually got it on Amazon. We got it off Amazon
5: like everybody else. Oh, okay. yeah, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it is
4: uh, called unicorn snot, so oh. that makes it up.
1: That's that's great. I
5: didn't know that part.
1: All right. So is, is so what is the history of the interfaith and pride? Like what? Because I mean, I'm going to be honest, So, like a lot of people don't know outside of, you know, maybe my my immediate. But my my parents are both preachers. You know, I grew up in the church. But it's been a church in our family for, you know, since the 30s. Uh, and I, I can you know, I don't want to put words in their mouth, but I would argue that, you know, my parents aren't going to be doing a pride sermon or or a glitter blessing uh, come come this Sunday. So how did that how did that relationship start?
5: Well, uh, that's exactly why uh, the welcoming and affirming communities in Salt Lake City felt it so important that we come together as people of faith, as commun- different communities of faith, that lift up and welcome and uh, and affirm and cherish the lgbtqia plus folks who are people of faith in our communities and uh it was started more than 20 years ago i think I, I wasn't part of the original group but uh it was started a long time ago by the the churches and communities and synagogue here in salt lake that wanted to see uh faith communities that brought people that that welcome the LGBTQ community lifted up so that, you know, queer folk could claim their faith. Uh, so often in the United States, the people of faith and the queer community have been, it's been at yeah, absolutely. You know, and like you have to choose one or the other. You have to choose to be a person of faith. Or choose to be uh, who God made you to be, mm-hmm. and and we're here to say no. That is not. That's a false choice. That uh, queer people are people of faith and have been, and and they are claiming. You know, we love uh, to be a space where people can claim the faith that that they have and own it and articulate it for themselves. And one of the nice parts about the Pride Interfaith uh, service that we have every year for a really long time is that it it highlights all the different places in utah where uh where this is happening that we have a rich diverse uh faith community here in you in the utah valley and it's it's amazing to see all the different not just there are you know a lot of christian organizations uh, you know uh, the the uh Lutheran, ELCA Lutherans, the Episcopalian churches, the United Methodist Church downtown, the Presbyterian churches, many of them are welcoming and affirming to all of the typical, and, and surprisingly, a Baptist church mm-hmm. here in right. Salt Lake yep. City. First Baptist Church is a welcoming and affirming congregation, and people are surprised to know that. But even outside of the Christian uh, community. We all come together. the The Jewish synagogue, the Unitarian Universalist Society, and and the, even the pagan community is joining us in the worship service. Uh, and even the the Satanic Temple that uh, does all of the protests about uh, about church and state and things like that. They are a part of the service. And the Humanist community is part of the service. And uh, and you know tapping Buddhist. it. And Buddhists, you're right. Yeah, thank I you. Yeah. <laughs> and we have a uh, yeah Buddhist Buddhist presence there, and we have organizations, you know, here in Utah, you know, being part of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is a big thing, and there are a lot of ally groups, like Mormons building bridges, and the Emmaus LGBTQ ministry are organizations that join us in this service that are specifically reaching out to the LGBT, um, uh, Q folks from the Mormon community too, as well as like the Community of Christ, which is a, a whole other organization.
2: Well, Reverend Young, tell me a little bit more about how this is gonna work, because I'd also like to understand a bit more about this as embracing, not just accepting. We hear a lot about <laughs> from, uh, I would say, traditional Christian congregations, love the sinner hate the
4: sin Mm -hmm. this is the exact opposite this is the exact opposite this Mm -hmm. is you are who god made you to be even if you believe in god some of the time none of the time or all of the time that we just see you as a human being who is vested with beauty and worth and dignity and that's it it's simple
2: well and if you grew up with like a a shunning Mm -hmm. as a member of the queer community um it's hard to find another spot to go to one of the things i've always said that especially with um post-mormon folks they don't often choose somewhere else to go mm-hmm. and true. this service in particular is trying to shout out loud from
4: the mountaintop
5: mm-hmm. that you don't have place. to
4: make a choice
5: absolutely absolutely the uh then en- the other thing that i think needs to be said is that the, the service itself is organized by many, many faith leaders who are themselves queer in our community. Uh, the, one of our speakers, Tyler Mars, is uh, is a leader in the uh, Community of Christ group here uh, down in Utah County. He's a pastor. And many of the voices that participate and put together the service are uh, LGBTQ. Q folks who are clergy who are faith community leaders, including me, kinds, <laughs> including I, and
1: I love that. And I, I'm looking at uh, looks like Tyler's bio, and I see he's pursuing a doctor of ministry, and it brings me over to your recent. Uh, con- you know, congratulations is o- is in order, I believe. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> you're very welcome. And I saw you did your dissertation on the healing and reconciliation between the LGBTQ community in the church in the Baptist context that's correct I, I want to unpack that because obviously you said some earlier that that even the Baptist yes. so so what what drew you to that dissertation specifically
5: well mainly uh, I'm uh, I'm Baptist mm-hmm. uh, and I wanted to lift up Baptist history and ba- as as allies one of the one of the most amazing things I I found in my community in my research I mean is how the when when people uh, in churches started talking about uh, the LGBTQ inclusion yep. question, uh, early on, Baptists, American Baptist churches, American Baptist pastors were some of the earliest voices saying, "We need to find we need to create space for this conversation to happen. We need to create space for LGBTQ folks to find themselves and find their faith voice and all of that." And it was it was only when our first instincts of inclusion uh, started taking root, that people started pushing back against it. And our, our brother and sister churches uh, from other places started pushing back against inclusion. And I, I was fascinated to find that our first instinct was towards inclusion. And we have, you know, Baptists have been allies from very early on in fact one of our earliest uh, preachers from Riverside Church in New York uh, Emerson Fosdick uh, in 1943 wrote in a wow. book on being human and he he said I'm concerned about the 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 gay people in my congregation that they are going to get they're not going to be able to find their ostracized. their faith and they're going to get ostracized and we and he was asking that question how do we create? safe space 80 years ago yeah in 1943 baptist preacher so you know i think it's a myth (laughs) that that baptists are not inclusive and uh, i spent a lot of time trying to trying to do that i also chose that topic because it's pertinent to the ministry here in salt lake city i think everyone knows salt lake's one of the gayest places in the world (laughs) and uh loud and proud (laughs) and all of these churches are, are responding to that reality in, so in the Salt Lake Valley and have been for a long time, have been trying to say, you know, trying to figure out how do we minister in this context? How do we create safe space for uh, people of faith who are coming to terms with who God created them to be? And how do we how do we find that that harbor for them to moor in?
1: i i love it because i mean I, it, it really feels like you you are pushing what if if jesus was walking the planet Amen. right now yeah. it feels like you're pushing it because it is i mean who knows who knows what it takes to get into heaven but i tell you what judging judging another person's lifestyle is not it and, and uh, you know that's not coming from a religious person that's just coming from somebody who read the bible
6: well
2: in your uh, household grown up Michelle? oh yeah
1: you know yeah. that was a thing <laughs> that wasn't getting outside without some scriptures all right, so so we've seen some serious legislation coming down from Utah law, lawmakers. How do you minister to your congregation in the face of what seems to be serious stepbacks? I want to, I want to, I want to take it. I want to take it over over to you, Laura, Reverend Laura. I Apologize.
4: That's all right. I like Reverend Laura <laughs> better than Reverend Young. Um, I think, I think the place to start is to just name it. To mm. name that it is painful to see this kind of legislation when we have, um, as communities, been pushing for so long for inclusivity um, and made real strides and real progress. And so to see a a very vocal minority uh, of the population pushing just to be cruel, so naming it as cruelty, naming it as bullying, and saying, we're not going to let that voice win because we really do all of our churches that are in this uh, movement, we really do believe love wins, and that, and that mm-hmm. Jesus really was serious about inclusivity. He yes. pushed his boundaries, so we have to push our boundaries.
5: And, and this is not going to stand. We're no, it, it's going away like like the marriage legislation yep. went away.
4: It just
2: feels like we're in a two it, steps back. Yeah, yes. it does. We're mm-hmm. One step back. We went well, two that's, steps. That's the we'll Utah walk. two step. Yeah, the Utah <laughs> way, ladies and gentlemen. I like to
4: think of it as this is the last stand before we we really break through. And we surge forward. And we surge forward. This tide has been going for a long time.
2: Well, what have you been hearing from your congregation and members who are queer about whether or not they feel safe, welcome, able to be out and proud? Reverend Laura, let's go with you first.
4: I would say they're distressed Mm -hmm. by this legislation. they feel very vulnerable in a way that they haven't had to feel vulnerable in a long time. And so there's a lot of sorrow there and they're asking all of us, however we identify, just to, to work with them, to step in and to, to not let that be even not even a final word, not even a word to say we're not even going to stand for that.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there is a lot of fear out there. Um, You know, and especially you start to hear about things going on in the Supreme Court on a national level. Mm -hmm. I I think I think folks are worried, like, is my marriage going to get voided? Am I you know, are we going to start getting attacked on the street? There's a lot there's a lot of reason to be fear, you know, fearful out there. And um, it, it just means that we have really got to be vocal and and people of faith are good at that. Mm -hmm. and so we just need to keep the fight going and and you know keep being allies in the fight Um, you know it's really the the queer community that is that is leading the fight and we're here to we're here to add our help when where it's helpful I
1: I love that because you, you both said something really really powerful and Reverend Reverend Lord what you said is I don't think I don't think our allies or allies I should say always look at it as hate and bullying you know, and I and I think our state has done some so a decent job over the years of really trying to stamp out bullying and stamp out hate. And here we are. And I don't think people are linking and labeling those two. And it's and it's getting missed.
2: Well, Senator Mike Lee wants warnings. He's asked the parental guidance on, on TV and I and film. I forgot about that, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> or, oh he wants gosh. a warning of LGBTQ plus themed, I don't know, Programs, narratives I in guess. the yeah. in. In the programs, and that feels so much like get back in the closet.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Well, what yeah. is it? Well, Governor DeSantos in Florida. Don't say don't gay. Don't say gay. He's so mad
2: oh, that oh, people call the "Don't Say Gay" bill. He says no says well, yeah. That, <laughs> hey, if you're gonna yeah. call it
1: Obamagare we're gonna yeah. call it the uh, "Don't Say Gay" bill. Yeah.
2: It's a it's a lot of a lot of double speak as opposed to um, reconciliation, yeah. mm-hmm. and I know that's a lot of what you all preach about.
5: <laughs> but I agree. I agree with uh, Pastor Laura here that uh-huh. that I think I think it is really a losing battle. Ultimately, mm. they're on the wrong side of history. Absolutely. We all know that. And I think it Preach. is a last stand effort. They're you know they're really trying to they're really just trying to make one last push, and they're desperate. Yeah. And they're and it's sad. I think it, it is. And sad. scary.
1: It yeah it's, yeah both on both the courts. All right. All right. Give us the details for the Interfaith Pride Worship and Glitter Blessings. So, where where can people find you? The website, socials.
4: When and where is it
1: happening? Yeah, when and when and where? All right.
4: Thursday, seven o'clock at uh, Curtis, Pastor Curtis's Church, First Baptist on.
5: It's Jesus's church, but yes. Okay. <laughs> he, he's just a conduit. He's just a conduit, <laughs> <laughs> Reverend Laura. Okay.
4: It's, First Baptist it, Church. It's on
5: the corner of Eight Hundred South and Thirteen Hundred East, right across from. The thir- uh, east high all right the big building everyone passes
2: seven o'clock is there gonna be a virtual aspect at all or
5: you know we, we've tried we're we're still trying but i it's Wi-fi's not looking good <laughs> <first Yeah. class>. <laughs> <laughs> no it's uh, it, it's just finding someone who can yeah can run the right. volunteers so we, yeah. being called for right go. now <laughs> to
2: step forward so if you check tonight's show notes or rallies and resources, you'll find a link. But is there a website or a Facebook page we should shout out? Th-
5: there is okay. a there's a Facebook link yeah. on everyone's website. If you go to the if you go to First Baptist on f- on Facebook, it'll have a link there. And it's
4: in the it's in the Pride uh, Pride Week yeah, events. It's in the Pride. at the Utah Pride, Ooh, Pride Center as well. right, And uh, you know, glitter blessings at the end, and there's a little reception from P Flag at the end with cookies and
5: have fizzy cookies drinks, at and That's it's right. going to be a good night. <laughs> i yeah. love it good music
2: well yeah you're gonna have some music mm-hmm. some some singing and some clapping absolutely, and absolutely. some good words so thank you so much for coming in well Rashawn, there you go it's your rallies and resources. i
1: appreciate you two coming in thank you so much thank you and we're gonna you know play a little song play a little lizzo my skin come on uh yeah
4: K-R-C-O. What's,
0: deeper than, what's deeper than the darkest best.
1: Support
2: for KRCL comes from Mark Miller Subaru and their Love's Diversity Initiative. Mark Miller Subaru is a proud community partner of Project Rainbow, spreading love together this Utah Pride Month. Learn more at projectrainbowutah.org or markmillersubaru.com. Gender Bands is a Utah-based nonprofit helping transgender people pay for transition-related costs. Applications for transition grants open November 1st. For details, visit genderbands.org.
6: Get that clunker off your to-do list and out of your backyard forever. KRCL's car donation partner, Cars, Inc., will tow your vehicle and donate the proceeds to KRCL. Find out if you can get a tax deduction for your used vehicle donation by visiting the support tab at krcl.org.
1: Welcome back to Radioactive and Roundtable Tuesdays. I'm Leak. Coming up, Democracy Now at 7, Vagabond Radio with Barbie at 8, Connor's Late Night Lowdown starts at 1030, and Super Sounds with Chovy at 1 a.m. All of our programming in the Radioactive archives may be found online at krcl.org. Now let's get back to our Roundtable Tuesday discussion going on with our semi-regular visit with my colleagues from Black, Bold, and Brilliant. This is a film series in partnership with the Utah Film Center. Black, Bold, and Brilliant uses film to jumpstart important conversations about race and inclusion. Joining me now, I have Russell Roots, Utah Film Center Community Outreach Manager. He also serves as Board of Secretary Secretary for Amplify Utah. A nonprofit journalistic incubator amplifying underrepresented voices in Utah. And we got Asia Washington, a host and lead programmer. She's a black feminist social worker who grew up in SoCal, holds a degree in television, film, and media studies, focused on the media as a tool to liberate, explore, and critique our society. What is going on, my peoples? How are y'all? Hey, 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 hey. What up? What up? We in here. It's so you know it, it's so good to have you on because I mean normally we you know we're doing our own thing or when we got our programs going I'm I'm interviewing people who are gonna be on but I never get a, a chance to interview interview my peoples so I'm I'm really excited <laughs> this I'm is really our excited first
7: exclusive oh oh snap exclusive
1: all right so we we start off all the time when we talk about origin stories. And and I mean I'm a, I'm gonna call it like it is black bold and brilliant in Utah black in Utah mm-hmm. what yes. that's a yeah. thing <laughs> so so the real question is like where where did this brainchild come from?
8: Wow, this starts off uh, going way back summer of 2020, which actually kicked off with uh, former colleague uh, mm-hmm. Davy Davis with okay. the Utah Film Center, and then former colleague uh, Billy Palmer with uh, KRCL, and they were mm-hmm. working on a film series and. Um, the unfortunate business with george floyd happened well the unfortunate business with derek chauvin happened mm-hmm. let's call mm-hmm. it right it, like now it I'll it call it what it is yeah and um they were like let's switch it up and they changed it from what it was to black bold and brilliant which started off as a one-time event mm-hmm. and um it just really kind of grew from there because it uh, the, re- the it was just such a great thing it was like it can't stop with that and asia you were probably part of that original crew as well were you not
7: yeah frankie bain shout out to her brought me on board to be a part of it and we had this great community conversation which hadn't really been done you know before um and she was working on um utah convos um Mm -hmm. talking about anti-blackness in our communities and that was like a really great Uh, Project to be a part of it really got the community together to have these tough conversations that we weren't having with our neighbors or within our families and so you know having this broadcast kind of like through the film center like this sort of conversation was like really great um to talk about things that that people are going through because i mean to be honest of course again utah's majority white population and so how many people get to see what's going on with the black population in this state, which is still very small, so
8: yeah. You know, more importantly, and and, I, and that's a great point, I think people in this state see black people, but it's not content created by us, for us. Mm-hmm. That's authentic, that actually tells the story of what's really going on in the communities, because it's like law and order is not black people.
7: Right. <laughs>
8: <laughs> I'm just saying. No, 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 not even yes. not even all the SUVs, the, the <laughs> NYCs. All
1: right, so so how do y'all go about? I mean, how how do we go about grabbing films? Like where where do we go? Because I, you know, I I happen to see the first one, and and y'all y'all came out the gates killing it. But 2022, if, if I do say so myself.
8: Yeah, I mean, it really just kind of starts off by. Working together as a team and kind of coming up with a collaborative thought of like, what issue in the community do we want to cover? Mm-hmm. And then you kind of look at uh, what the what the content is around that uh, and really trying to craft a conversation from that. And it's you pick a film, you pick a series of clips, but you really want to have the conversation. You need something media wise to, to pad the conversation with, mm-hmm. to give people something culturally they can latch onto.
1: I love that. What about, yeah. What's your thoughts? So, Asia, when it's yeah. all said and done, what are you hoping, what are you hoping the community or, our, you know, people watching our program and things like that, what, what are you hoping to get out of it?
7: I mean, I think, again, we know that there's only a few of us here, but that we are here and that we do have something to say, especially. And we don't just exist here without a voice or, like, issues that we are passionate about um and you know that everything that is affecting us things that are happening in uh you know nationwide are also affecting us here in utah and we saw that in 2020 with the protests i mean Mm -hmm. i never thought i would see salt lake flipping a cop car over (laughs) that was something that i had like just never thought would happen here in salt lake city and i'm like wow people are really you know it's real out here and the things that were happening here with like police brutality were being talked about nationwide as well and so like you know salt lake was actually being put on the map unfortunately for for
1: the wrong reasons the
7: wrong reasons Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's like wow okay there's stuff going on here and there's stuff that we need to talk about within our communities and so it's been nice to like pull clips and like find people in the community that are either experts or have a personal experience with things or um, our content creators themselves or community activists or whatnot um, to have these conversations with us. So that's, and I hope that's something that we can just continue. There's so much to talk about. So <laughs> I,
1: I love, I, I love that. And there, and there is so much to talk. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's, we, we were talking off air about, about some things. So, you know, Russ, what, what are you hoping to get from,
8: from this programming? I mean, I'm already what I set out to do, I've already achieved, is mm-hmm. to create a space where black people could come together creatively and really work and talk about the issues in the community and provide, yes. you know, talk about films, have cultural critique, and really just find each other in a single place once a month and just talk to each other mm-hmm. and watch films about us and just have some critique and just have an opportunity to, to just be in a way that's not, you know, don't need code switching right don't right. need this don't need that you we just get to be us
1: I, I like, so okay so now I got I got to jump on that term for people who don't know what what is code switching
8: so code switching is uh, going about your your usual day of really understanding like if you're a minority in a majority community you have to abide by the social contract uh you know mm. which is quote unquote speaking white or what have you but you know it's being able to culturally shift between different environments to make sure that you are in, a, what shall I say, an acceptable space mm-hmm. or a privileged space or a safe space to make sure that it's understood that um, you are not a threat in those spaces. Mm-hmm.
1: Do, you, do you feel, I, and, and, I, and I do, I, I, I love that because I feel like for us, you know, when we're able to do our, our B programming and then, you know, to your point, Asia, get – Get people from our community mm-hmm. on these programs. It it gives us a chance, if you will, to let our hair down mm-hmm. and and be and be relaxed. Do, do you feel that we you know you don't always get that opportunity to be as as a hundred percent authentic when we're in these spaces separate from each other type deal?
7: Absolutely. I think when we come together, I'm like it's a key key. We just you know. <laughs> We laugh so much, and, like, every guest that we have, like, all the, the panelists that we've had, like, before and after the show, it's just been, like, all love. It just feels like family, mm-hmm. and we get to talk and just laugh, and, like, through the throughout the show, I'm, like, we're laughing and, and joking around, too, because I'm, like, that's just who we are, <laughs> and it's just nice to be able to, like, relax and not have to perform, in a sense. Yeah.
8: the authenticity is the Mm -hmm. priority you Mm -hmm. know this is Mm -hmm. the conversation that might be happening behind closed doors Mm -hmm. or in special spaces and now we've got the privilege the opportunity to broadcast that to others who can find that community as well you know we built that magnet to attract the people
1: i I agree and i and i love i love that you use the term magnet because i i Mm -hmm. you know i feel it and i and i hear when i'm in the community and people are talking about our programming Mm -hmm. they are it's one it's surprising it, and, it, and that's not because the programming isn't good yeah. but but I mean what what black people are 2.8 percent in Utah right. so we know that we are showing a uh, showing a lot of programming that is by us you know for mm-hmm. us but it's not just us who are watching it and is that like I, I don't want to say surprising but are you are you a little surprised sometimes when you see our numbers and you know
8: Maybe one, one you know, couple percent are us and the rest are just, our you know, our local community. Well, I think that speaks to the quality of the content we produce, mm-hmm. number one. Because, I mean, the the work yeah. we all put into this program, it shows in the yes. product that we produce and people watch. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing is, is I think people are also primed because of what happened in 2020 mm-hmm. and what's continued mm-hmm. to happen since 2020 yeah. to care more than they've done in the past. They've been able to see uh, what is going on in the world in a way that is unvarnished and that's led them to question some things and that questioning brings them to us in a certain regards to try and find out more about what's going on in the world
0: mm-hmm.
8: <sighs> spot on spot on yeah. so let's talk about wild and scenic
1: mm-hmm. wild and scenic film a film festival with with black and brown people in the mm. wild, what's <laughs> what what is going on? Where'd that come from, y'all? I have another name for Oh uh, uh, yeah, know, we I got it. But- yeah, I got. Uh, <laughs> I but 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 all joking aside, like what what's wrong in this one? I mean, cause wild and scenic, I, I'm you know I'm obviously. You you two know me and you know my love of the outdoors and and yeah. if I'm not at work and chances are what did you say to me last week, Asia, why do you even have a house?
7: Yeah, he's always <laughs> on the road. I'm just you are never
1: home. But but what is you know, what why Wild and Scenic? Why, why you know, why this film f- festival?
8: Well, this is a collaboration that was brought to us by Ashley Cleveland, uh, with Outdoor Afro Utah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's uh it was a second attempt and Really, actually, needed the support from the the mm-hmm. technical side, the production side, mm-hmm. to make the event happen. And uh, you know, we got it to the finish line last year, but it was canceled because of weather. Yeah. And so we're giving it another attempt this year. But uh, the Wild and Scenic Festival, which is out of California, uh, with the South Yuba Re- uh, South Yuba River Resource Center, I do believe. Uh, don't hold me to that. But mm-hmm. they um, they do the Wild and Scenic. Film Festival yearly because it's their attempt to do film activism or activism through film with environmentalism and they really want to try and reach out to people because they like Utah Film Center and Black Bold and Brilliant understand Mm -hmm. that there is magic in film Mm -hmm. and that you can be magically transported into a place and you can see a different narrative and you can understand and come away with something completely unexpected if you watch a movie and that movie does something for you. Mm -hmm. Mm. So they approached Ashley Cleveland. They really wanted to make sure they had an opportunity to uh, include black voices in their film programming, which, uh, you know, historically, traditionally, there aren't a great deal of black voices in the outdoor sports industry. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're getting we're getting more numbers. We're getting more power. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of approached her. She approached us and uh, we're just making it happen this year. We're going to bring it to the finish line and actually have it happen on June 17th. Sorry my apologies, June 10th <laughs> yep. at seven 30. Yeah.
1: Nice. Nice. It was there a film that, that jumped out or what, what is your relationship? I should say, let's, let's pause. Mm. And what, what's your relationship Asia <laughs> with, with the great outdoors, if you will.
7: So, I mean, like, like you read in my bio, I, I came here from SoCal and so, you know, there's outdoors, but for me it was mostly the beach. So coming here, <laughs> the mountains and trails and stuff was really different. Um, and so I mean my exposure to the outdoors really was kick-started I would say through Outdoor Afro because you know I don't know you don't know if you feel safe going outside on a trail and things like that by yourself and not knowing this environment the social climate here and so um I I had the opportunity to, to get involved with Outdoor Afro and and do some activities which has been nice and then you know I got involved with Black Bold and Brilliant and then this Came together, and it was like a great opportunity for us to to use activism um, through film to hopefully bring light to these issues again. All these things that we we need to talk about about what's going on here and what's going on in the outdoors. So,
1: all right, all right. So, so I guess the next question, Asia, you just brought us to it. Do you do you both consider yourself activists? I'll go with you, Asia, first, since you just let out a sigh. <laughs>
7: like using that term
1: myself but i
7: i i just like calling myself like i'm a community member i'm a part of the community um however i end up you know showing up in the community can vary you know it could be on the radio it could be more grassroots stuff um it could be through my job you know so um I just, I guess I shy away from the term activist.
1: <laughs> Too much pressure for
8: you? Yeah. People going to be knocking at the door yeah. looking for help? <laughs> what about you, Russ? <clears throat> oh, I mean, I would say... Uh, I think activist is a loaded term. It's mm-hmm. not something that I really want to say that I ascribe to myself, but I think the thing is, is to live in this country as a black person is inherently political. Mm-hmm. And if you're inherently political, then I think... The things you do are inherently political as well, and you are an activist because you've got to find a way to maintain in this mm-hmm. uh, in this country that is not looking out for your best interest on a on a regular basis. Sad to say, so just to survive and uh, to thrive in certain things, to advocate for yourself, that's activism.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm, I like it. Well, you know, knowing you both, I will <laughs> gladly label all three not of us, us. activists. <laughs> and, you know, and I don't think it's uh, you know I I know that the the word activist sometimes comes with you know some expectations and things Mm -hmm. like that but i think just you know to to your point russ once just just living in and breathing in our bodies sometimes is is a show of activism. Mm -hmm. we are we are still here we Mm -hmm. we will persevere but i think also being allies Mm -hmm. you know and and i think recognizing recognizing things in the world and and wanting to make it better whether it be through film Mm -hmm. through speech through talk whatever that looks Mm -hmm. like i think that is a form of activism so whether y'all like it or not, y'all are y'all are activists. So, but I I got some clips for the movie, so I, I wanna I wanna play. Make sure we get some clips here. So here's here's the first clip that we got. This is a uh, pedal through Annalise Cleopatra.
0: There's got to be something that I've never experienced that I'm about to. There's got to be something that happens to you when you're out there. Something in the solitude and the serenity. And I want to know. I want to know what this is about. I want to know why people risk broken collarbones risk being stranded risk seeing wolves. This is this is a whole new world for me. Hi, I'm Annalise Cleopatra. I'm from Miami, Florida, and I moved all the way across the country looking to figure out who I am outside of everything I ever knew. This summer, I'm taking on something totally out of my comfort zone. I'm going bikepacking for a week in Oregon's backcountry to meet my new mentor, Mother Nature. Okay, and I've cool. never camped or mountain biked before. So I've got a lot to learn. All
1: right. That's that's the first one. Russ, I'm going to go to you for the sole reason of my brother. You rode a bike today in the rain. So what's going on?
8: (laughs) I mean, uh, as the one person on the team who cycled in the Oregon (laughs) backcountry, this film is real. Um, It's really great. Um, Annalise and Day, her friend Day, and then Brooklyn Bell, who's uh, just a really great uh, mountain Mountain biker, mountain biker herself. I mean, it's it's a it's a great film, and it says a lot about people just getting out there and trying it, because there's something to be said for um, the outdoors being accessible to everybody. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes, the people who are in the outdoors are not making it accessible for everybody. So to really go out and attempt something like Asia did, yes, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Are we going to you next, Asia. Uh, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, and I, you know, I I love I love that you 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 call that out, you know, because we do. We do hear a lot of hesitation in in our community with doing things like biking. You know, I'm not and I'm not I'm not telling people you need to go out there pack your bags and jump on a bike and go ride, you no. know, a couple hundred miles because that is not that that you need to lean into that slow. Mm-hmm. But I think there is some, you know, there's some things that people need to work on because it because it is for everybody. The outdoors is for all of us, you know, it's it's not just for one specific community, but for all communities. Mm-hmm. But Asia, let's slide over <laughs> to you to talk about Your recent excursions, (laughs) if you will.
7: Yeah, I mean, y'all just called me out. But, yeah, um, again, through Outdoor Afro, um, I had the opportunity at the end of April to go canyoneering. um, There's a joint... kind of trip between outdoor afro and a group called canyoneering chicks and so we rappelled down about 150 feet
1: (laughs) was this your first time rappelling
7: my first time and so i felt i mean it was kind of scary yeah there were parts that were scary and we hiked through slot canyons and stuff just stuff i'd never thought i would i would do before but I can honestly say after doing it, it's like, wow. I mean, that that's no small feat. I'm like, I did something amazing. And so I'm like, at the end of it, I felt like I, I could have cried because I couldn't believe that I like made it through that and I was safe. And
1: <laughs> How was that first, that first lean back for yeah, that first ooh. repel?
7: I shouldn't have looked down. That oh. scared me. But
1: <laughs> I love it. I, think we, made it. I love it. All right. I think we got time for one more clip. Yeah. So let me jump into this one. All right. We have one more clip here for y'all.
6: It's funny with cooking, man, I feel like it kind of really opens up the deeper parts of my soul as far as what I love and enjoy about the tool of cooking. And that's more so building with people, building community, building fellowship. Um, you know, strangers go from being strangers to friends. People become uh, disarmed. You know, I'm a natural, gregarious person, but I feel like food kind of really helps me communicate what I'm feeling at that moment. Camp Yoshi is an outdoor adventure company. We focus on black folks. I mean, the goal is to get them outside, to show them places they never knew existed. One of the things we really push for our trips is keeping morale really high. How do you keep morale high? Amazing food. I think short rib that's braised over some grits tastes even better after a long hike. That's just me, you know? I began cooking to impress my girl, now my wife. So cooking kind of became a natural a labor of love and it went from being a labor of love to being something I actually fell in love with. I mean there's no secret weapon here I think for us taking these weekend escapes is us to kind of turn off the phones off the TVs having some alone time recharge our batteries. Disconnect so you can reconnect you know. Live in New York City came out here for a job opportunity for my wife um, knew nothing about Oregon I love it out here, man. It's special. It's powerful. It's helped me kind of just redefine who I wanted to be and who I am. And I'm thankful. I
1: I love that. I love yeah. that. And just a reminder, you listen to Radioactive on 90.9 FM. The conversation is, is just about, uh, you know, it's about black, bold, and brilliant in our in our upcoming events. And in the studios, my people's. Russell in Asia okay. and and I don't know if, if if our listeners heard that sizzle sizzle but that was my man throwing down on the grill y'all so so I, let, let's you know before we we let go what why why should everybody you know and and I say everybody you know obviously we don't have room for all of our listeners but right. but but why should people be coming down and really checking out not not just wild and scenic but all the things that we're doing mm. what's the elevator pitch Who's got it? Asia, you got it? Asia.
7: Uh, again, I, I think we, we've talked about authenticity, and this is definitely a FUBU collaboration. This is for us, by us.
0: Oh, okay, We LL. are
7: talking about issues that are important to our community. And, again, it's a space for us to be ourselves Um, and hopefully share that with other people. Like we said, not everyone who, who's watching the program is black mm-hmm. necessarily, but... Um, I know that people are getting something out of it. They're, they're getting information and a perspective that they may not have
1: known before. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. What about for you, Russ?
8: You know, it's just I keep coming back to how unique the opportunity is. Mm-hmm. Where are you going to find this sort of content, this sort of vibe elsewhere at the level that we're doing it? Mm-hmm. You've got an opportunity to engage with something super special and be a part of it. Like, you know, we are black creatives making black content, but you don't have to be black to enjoy or learn from that content Mm -hmm. because we're out here trying to do this for, you know, our Latino people, our Latinx people, the LGBTQ people, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the indigenous people for sure. But at the same time, you know, like if you're white and you're curious and you want to learn about what's really going on, come check out what we do. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and I I think that's so so well said to both of you. And I I just want to remind people that, you know, in so many instances, in so many walks, you, in so many arenas, you see a lot of gatekeeping, and this is mm-hmm. not one of them. This is the complete opposite. You know, we we what we're trying to do is really just uh, allow people to understand. You know, you'll you'll never fully understand what it's like to be black, and that's no. not what we're asking for, mm-hmm. and that's not what right. we're trying to showcase. Mm-hmm. But what we are trying to showcase is an opportunity to to peel back the clerk the curtain a little bit, yeah, and just yeah. have a glimpse because this mm-hmm. is you know just you know it started it started after george floyd and and we know there's a lot of conversations that are being had but there still need to be had and this is an opportunity to start that dialogue so so socials where can people find y'all where where where's everybody where is, where can people find black bold and brilliant what's going on how we get how we get that love y'all
8: well they can follow us on instagram and facebook at black bold brilliant slc and then uh on the website to find out more details at uh, utahfilmcenter.org nice uh, any other – what what's el- what else could we expect for the summer? Any summer programming? Oh, yeah. We definitely got programming. So yeah. on June 17th, we've got Can You Dig This, uh, mm-hmm. the premier documentary about uh, urban farming in South Central Los Angeles. So that's going to be for free at yeah. Liberty Park. That one starts at 8 o'clock. And then uh, Ju- uh, July 15th, we've got United Skates, the HBO documentary about uh, the power between roller skating and the black community and how that uh, – all of those traditions are being lost, but uh there's some folks out there trying to save it.
7: Yeah, so we're partnering with uh SLC skate babes for oh, that. So out. I gotta I gotta get my roller skate
8: situation oh, you, better
1: <laughs> you better get them wheels tuned up, girl. Stop
7: playing. <laughs> I'm trying to be out of here this summer. So yeah, I'm really excited for these. I definitely am.
1: Yeah. No, I, and I am excited too. And just and just so y'all all know, when it comes to uh the the co collaboration between black bold and brilliant and the skate babes you can you come down early and get your skate on we will be skating around liberty park you know and rollerbladers (laughs) are welcome but we you know but i'm saying if you got them quads y'all represent with the quads you know so it's it's all it's all fun but you know is there anything else that we didn't touch on that y'all want to want to talk about because y'all i mean you know i've been in utah uh, 11 years and i and Mm. i and i would say i i think i've seen you know not even i think i've seen a lot of progression in in those 11 years uh, and i'm excited but but what about y'all what have you seen in, the, in in your time here
7: i think it's kind of i don't know i feel like things have come full circle this year cuz this is we just hit 2 years um the the murder of george floyd mm-hmm. not that long ago and i'm like we're we're still here having these these conversations <laughs> unfortunately um and so to look back at like how far we we've come since the first show is like, you know, it's like, wow, we're here having a film festival. I can't believe that we we've come this far. So I, I'm really excited for kind of like where, where things can go. I think, you know, the black community here is growing a little bit. Um, and so, if you see me out there, I'm, I'm going to look at you. So I'm going to be pointing at you like, hey, I see you. <laughs> but I really want to, like, you know, bring more people into the fold. I really want to see, like, who who's joined the community here in Salt Lake. Because, I mean, being a transplant, I had to find my community, too. And now that I found it, I'm, I'm really grateful. So
1: <laughs> Absolutely. What about you, Rush? You want to hold up? Any last words?
8: I don't think I can say it any better than that. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I know for me that I've only been here about five years from Texas primarily. But. Just being out on the trails and seeing people who who can look at me as a black person and just be like, oh, hey, what's up, dude? Mm-hmm. As much as anybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all I'm looking for.
1: Mm-hmm.
8: I love it. I love it. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and
1: I do and I'll just say that, you know, it, it is it, we we're we people, you know, we out here and we out here we're approachable. And I would say most are approachable. Mm-hmm. Give everybody a chance. But, you know, this has been our show, y'all. So take care, you know, and, and be true to yourselves. RCL, Salt Lake City.
2: Stonewall Sports Salt Lake City is an LGBTQ plus and ally not-for-profit sports league. They strive to develop a well-connected and diverse community through organized competition and social or fundraising events. More details at StonewallSportsSLC.org.